Hi everyone, welcome to the In The Game podcast. Today we're bringing you our new midweek episode we're calling Shorts. And as the name suggests, it's a brief run through of some of the noteworthy news stories uh, that caught our attention this week. I hope you like that one, Vlad, by the way. Shorts, brief, brief shorts. Anand, are yeah. you wearing shorts? You'll never know because this is a, <laughs> because we're on Zoom. So how are you, Vlad? Let's, How's the week let's been? Hope, let's hope we don't find out. Let's hope we don't find out. All good. All good. Yeah. March Madness has started. And, you know, this is the time of year that, you know, only one thing matters if you're a basketball fan, right? That's Do you remember right. March Madness when you were when we were at Georgetown or uh, your years here in the U.S.? I was all over March Madness, and uh, I think fortunately, the three years that I was at Georgetown and the fourth year I stuck around in D.C., we played in the tournament. No, we didn't play in the tournament yeah. every year. We didn't play the we didn't play in the tournament in '95, right? NIT in '95, '93. We we made it to the NIT, and okay. we actually made it to the finals of the NIT. Yes, yes, um, yes. But I was lucky enough to be part of the tournament three times. Uh, interestingly enough, Anand, so this is, you know, last year there was no tournament. And as we've talked about this previously, this is a big, big moneymaker for the NCAA. A billion dollars is on the line. So they were very happy to kind of execute this one as soon as possible. That's right. This is also, I don't know if people are realizing this, but this is likely the last NCAA tournament before NIL. That's right. That's so right. Everything be, is uh, going to change. I think it will. I think it will. It's going to be an interesting kind of uh, year going into the not this year necessarily, but you know, into into next year and see how this evolves. But speaking of basketball, yeah, let's talk. One hoops. of our one of our shorts here, one of our briefs here, Anand is the uh, LeBron James investment into uh, Fenway Sports Group. Kind of an interesting move. I see this as. Um, Birth of the athlete mogul. Uh, prior to Michael Jordan, I'm not really sure there were very many, if any, athletes that kind of made it to mogul level. David Beckham, here probably, we are, right? Well, Dave, David Beckham, he's, right. He's but he's sort of, of Michael Jordan's contemporary, right? Yeah, yeah. In between the two, in between, Ish, LeBron, yeah, and, in yeah. between LeBron and Michael. I think Michael retired a few years before Beckham. But yeah, anyway, there but haven't been very many. Prior to the 90s, I don't think, or prior to the 2000s, I don't think there's been like active athletes that have become moguls on this level. And I think LeBron James, who has uh, who was projected to have already earned a billion dollars yeah. from his basketball yep. playing time, has now invested into, into this. Uh, thoughts? Well, it's a natural extension, right? He's clearly got connections with uh, FSG. Yep. He has a 2% stake in Liverpool FC. Which yep. he's done tremendously well in, you know, a big multiple increase in value there. His business partner, I think, is the fellow who brought him the deal, a gentleman by the name of Maverick Carter, right. who I think has been, right. his, has been his manager for a number of years now. And so I think together they're they're participating in this FSG play. And obviously LeBron being LeBron, it's it's big news. That was going to be my next question to you. Why do you think FSG did this? I mean, they don't need the money. They have access to capital and other people with uh, this kind of money. Do you think it's the prestige of a global star like this that, or connections or uh, attachment to brands, all of the above? Uh, what's, what are your thoughts? You know, they're, Maybe they're prepping themselves to enter into the NBA ownership. And it sounds like LeBron has been very clear about wanting to own an NBA franchise. I think NBA rules prohibit him from doing it while he's actively playing yeah, in it. That's uh, right. But, while he's still a player. But I wonder, do you think this is posturing for some, you know, after after athletic career for you know LeBron and his friends over at FSG? 
Well, I think that's a very good indication of things to come, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, he's participating through, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the folks out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's he's participating with Redbird Capital Partners who are making this $750 million pri- right. private investment you know, into the holding company. So you know, Red Sox, NASCAR, the Team Rouge rather, Fenway Racing, uh, Liverpool, and they've even got the, uh, the regional sports network, uh, yep. NESN. Yep. Listen, let's be clear, LeBron is no mid-league athlete he is an elite athlete (laughs) and he's extremely wealthy so every door is open to him and extremely connected in sports as well connected articulate right and he has multiple millions of fans around the world maybe over a billion fans around the world so yeah why would you not want to go with someone like him and and he, he wants to participate too he's a savvy guy yeah and also last year when there was this whole kind of you know political back and forth here in the u.s uh there was one of the senators from Georgia who ended up losing her her race. She's the owner of the WNBA team out of out of Georgia, which I think since then she's sold off her her ownership. But yes, yes. I think LeBron was outspoken about potentially, you know, buying her out effectively, yeah, right? Yeah. I think this is this is partnering. Also, LeBron has made some comments around even potentially starting like some kind of a G League or some kind of a you know development platform. Yeah, that's right. For athletes. So I wonder, I think this is just the entryway for all of these folks to go bigger. So it's going to be an interesting kind of play. We'll see how, how it evolves. And, and I'm curious to see who the next kind of athlete mogul follows. You know, I think Durant is certainly one of them. I know he's invested in some venture capital stuff around the Bay yep, Area that's and right. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's invested in this uh, in this development league, right? This development uh, hoops league as well. He, that's right? right. That's right. I, I think Steph Curry is one of these guys also who's kind of eyeing some kind of post-player time. Yeah, you Steph know, didn't make it to do. the PGA Tour. I know he gave it a yeah. shot and uh, I think yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. shot. So, you know, so he's not playing golf. Yeah, this might very well be, you know, the the birth of the the athlete mogul. So kind of kind of interesting. Kind yeah. of interesting well, I'm, I'm a fan of LeBron, fan of Liverpool too. So I'm happy with this. Yeah. I'm glad we brought it up. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Okay, so moving across the Atlantic, across the pond to Europe, good friends and good neighbors, good French fries, good waffles, uh, good beer. The Dutch and are they the called Belgians. French fries? Are they called French fries there, on Well, they're called uh, Belgian fries. Maybe is that there right? There you go. <laughs> right. I don't speak Flemish, but frit in French is as far as I will go. Oh, there you go. But of course, they dip them in mayonnaise. So if you like mayonnaise, me not so much. Not with fries anymore. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Ketchup or mayonnaise? Or both? Oh, I'm a ketchup guy. Yeah, yeah. Ketchup all the way. Correct. Correct. Good. Right yeah. answer. So the Dutch and the Belgians are talking about creating or merging their two national soccer leagues, and yeah. they're planning to call it the Beneliga. Yep. They've been talking about this for a while. It, it actually was first mooted in the mid-90s, never really got anywhere. And all the Belgian teams recently gave their backing the first division A and first division B to the proposal. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there's okay. still some way to go. But what are your thoughts on this? Two distinct countries playing separate leagues, and that's kind of how it's always been with UEFA. Yep. Each country has its own league. But yep. now we're talking about, I think for the first time, maybe, would you say this is the first? I haven't seen soccer do this before, but maybe some other sports. Yeah. In the U.S., the NBA merged with uh, the ABA back in the 70s, I believe 1976. So okay. yep. for you know different reasons, but maybe similar. I mean, they're trying to sort of 
maintain their relevance, I would argue. I think in this case, both Belgium and uh, Netherlands have a couple of really good teams, but I think if they put them together into a single league, it'll probably be an even stronger league, right? So Ajax, PSV comes to mind. Uh, Eindhoven, right, is the other is the is the team in you know Holland, right? Yeah, those probably three, and then Anderlecht, Holland, Brugge in in Belgium. Not that's not, right. Not, not, yeah. not much more than that, really, in terms of noteworthy teams. Anderlecht, really, I would say, yeah. right. But Holland always comes pretty good in the in the World Cup. They always have a pretty strong showing. Um, they always you know get into like the the sixteen or the eight or or the whatever. So they have a very strong uh, talent pool there. But look. We've talked about this before, you know, about some other leagues in terms of, uh, you know, broadcasting rights and marketing and being able to position yourself, you know, globally, right? This is why they're doing it. Maybe it's COVID related also. Maybe COVID accelerated some of this thinking where they're realizing, listen, Premier League is getting this much money. Look how much money they're making in the NFL. Look how much money the Italians are, you know, making the, the, the French League and then, you know, La Liga in Spain. And they're probably realizing we'll never compete with them. So why not join forces and maybe create something relevant? I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. They must have been speaking to the source of the revenues, which is obviously TV companies and, and <laughs> yeah, broadcasters, exactly. right? And I wouldn't be surprised if if like a TV broadcasting company reached out to them and sort of pushed them and said, hey, have you guys thought about this more seriously? I, I, you know, We don't know where this originated. In terms of at least where it originated now, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, you know, entrepreneurial is thinking about this and saying, "Hey, guys, if you want to stand out, this is this is maybe a, your chance to do it." Right? Well, I think it makes so much sense. We read that each league currently generates no more than about eighty million euros a year in rights. They're talking about four hundred million euros per wow. year per season combined if they if they merge these these two leagues together. Then all of a sudden you have. Anderlecht playing PSV, you have Ajax playing Brugge, you know, home and away yeah, right, every right. season. It's a bigger game right. all of a sudden. Okay, That's it will right. never happen. Well, never say never. We've been talking about the European Super League as well. But the analogy would be Liverpool playing Barcelona and Man City playing Real Madrid every yeah. season, home and away. Yeah. How big would yeah. those games be? That's right. Maybe That's right. this will set a precedent now for other of the smaller European leagues to do the same. I think absolutely. You know, Anand, the Scandinavian countries come to mind right away. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, you know, I'm, as our listeners know, I'm from the former Yugoslavia. When when the country broke up in the 90s, we went from a single league to six leagues. Yeah. None of them are stronger than, <laughs> than the old league was. I That's wouldn't be right. surprised how if the, could, if how the could Balkan it be? countries, if yeah, the Balkan countries, up. you know, get together and form something. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, others like, you know, Hungary and Romania or something, you know, you know, merge. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, yeah, I would certainly right. think that if they're trying to, you know, compete on any level for some, you know, revenue or dollars or euros in this case, yeah. right? that they wouldn't be thinking about that. I so. think it's a very smart play. I mean, if you- Yeah, very, very smart play. This is a, this very, is a real, I think, I think all the other leagues, not all, all the other leagues, I, I say all the smaller leagues will be watching very carefully because if they can two and a half X, three X, the revenues to all these clubs, yeah. Yeah. you know, while maintaining financial stability across, it's always the smaller teams that get hit, right? If, right. if it's, if it's right. the top two leagues in Belgium and Holland merge and form one league. Well, what happens to the the lower league teams? Do they completely disappear off the radar? 
these are things that they have to take care of. That's a very good question. Yeah, you're you're going to have that sort of C level people, B level people, just you know disappear into into the netherland, right? If if you will, I think they would need to make sure that they look after those teams. You know, share perhaps. Sh- share in perhaps the, share some of that increased revenue. Should it should yeah, it perhaps, but it'll probably lead to further consolidation down the line because some of these smaller teams will just not be significant yeah. enough. Correct, correct. So they're they're going to have to figure out a way how to then compete with a bigger sort there, of there power will be structure. consolidation. I haven't yeah. looked at it closely, but I wouldn't be surprised if some teams may have got out of business already, right? Have they made any decisions around when they're going to make a decision or make a call on, on this uh, merger potentially? Well, they were talking about the numbers of 400 million euros was to take them to the 24-25 season. So, okay. So not in the next couple of years, it sounds like. so. I think they're talking about they have a they have a right cycle that ends twenty four twenty five. So I assume yep, after that right yep. cycle ends, because those contracts are in place now. Yeah, it will be after that. Probably do it. Around give them that. give them time to set everything up and. Cool. All right. We'll we'll keep our eye on this. This is neat. Yeah, this is neat. So a little financial market story to wrap things up uh, into All right. shorts. What do you got? What do you- <laughs> well, we talk about gambling. Are we, are we shorting? Are we shorting anything in our short? No. Brief episode. <laughs> with this one, I think we've got to go long. We've got to go long. Oh, we're one. going long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think because we've talked about love it or hate it, sports gambling is here to stay at least foreseeable future. For our lifetimes, that's for sure. <laughs> Early stages in the US, as we know, they're just yep, kind yep. of getting started now. And since June of last year, the man in the street can participate through an ETF. So this is a fund, ticker name BETS Bets. They hit a milestone. Okay. They hit a milestone today. They hit five hundred million dollars assets under management. Wow! Nice, nice Ryan figure. Wow! This fund. They're looking to track the performance of the Round Hill Sports Betting Gaming Index, and it launched June twenty twenty. Sixteen dollars. Currently trading at uh, over thirty two. So you're looking okay. at, at wow. you know doubling up in nine months. Yep. So a uh, pretty nice return for the guys who got in early. Holdings include Penn National Gaming, DraftKings, yep. PointsBets, yep. William Hill, yep. whom we know out of the UK, are doing some, something in the US right now. They are. Yep, they are. Gambling is in its infancy. This isn't a news story. They've been around for a little while, but it's inevitable, right? Yeah, it is. It is inevitable. I, I don't like it, but it doesn't matter <laughs> at this point anymore because this is just overtaking sports in general. It's going to be a big business in the U.S. This is a big country, a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of sports. And I think we're going to see somebody come up with an exotic financial <laughs> product on, on anything that we do in, in life these, yeah. these days. Yeah, that's right. I'm sort of curious, is gambling like the next sort of you know cigarettes at some point, right? And do all these investments like, yeah, look, it's great margin. It makes a lot of money. But at some point, do we bump up against some you know regulation? Maybe not in the next decade, I don't know, but it certainly looks like uh, some of these companies are going to do really, really well over the foreseeable future because they're they're only they're only set to grow, right? They're only going to expand right. in terms of the number of sports that they cover or whatever, the number of states. I think I saw something recently, only something like 27% of the states in the US or 27% of Adults in the U.S. have access to online gaming, and that's going to go to 100% in the next, you know, I don't know, five, 10 years, right? So well, this is the key quote. This is the key quote that came out of Roundhill. Will Hershey said, online sports betting and iGaming has seen accelerated growth during the pandemic. We expect growth to continue as regular regulatory momentum persists in the United States, Canada, and Latin yeah. America, right? So that yeah. means the legacy momentum is they are going to continue to 
legalize organized gambling. That's right. That's right. Throughout the U.S. and Canada and That's Latin right. America. Yeah. So they're talking about Latin America too. Let's let's round this back into the sport conversation, right? But the leagues and the teams are going to make money off of this also, right? So they are they're in bed with these companies, you know, a hundred percent as well. You know, I don't know about the ETF specifically, but certainly for an investor or for somebody that has, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to invest to put it in ETF, how it performs, I don't know. Maybe one way to look at it is look at how have casino stocks performed in the past. Maybe that's an indicator of that. But certainly sports related, obviously. And I yeah. think you will likely see an increase in pricing here also because I think there will be just a kind of an emotional decision to invest in something like this rather than a rational one, right? Meaning like, hey, I love sports. All my buddies love sports. I bet they all bet. Yeah, I'm going to invest in something that, that well, Reddit, that, Reddit is probably been all over this already. Listen, sports sports gambling is in its infancy. There's billions and billions That's of right. dollars being That's invested right. across across the platforms, software. The teams are heavily involved. The leagues are getting involved. Brands are being That's created. Right. That's right. They're looking to engage the fans, you know, by using apps, software subliminal integration of proposition of of betting whether it's through voice whether it's through an app whether it's through advertising on social media platforms or just regular advertising i mean i'm seeing ads everywhere on tv on now the, on, yeah, the, on the yeah. you know in stadium on yep. the led screen so whether you like it or not it is growing and hey i guess this in a way allows joe public to participate in the world of sports betting <laughs> By not necessarily opening up any accounts, but just right. punting on the casino that's Wall Street. That's right. That's right. It's a proxy, in effect, to to taking advantage of what's going on without necessarily perhaps going against some kind of aversion to actually gambling, right. your, gambling yeah. yourself. But you know, investing in stocks or investing in ETFs, that's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting a bet on the betting industry, on you're, you're betting on the bet. That's right. <laughs> Well, that's shorts for this week. It's a little experiment. We hope you folks enjoyed it. If you like it, let us know. We'll continue. Vlad, did you enjoy a little little midweek banter? I like the little midweek banter. I feel like we should do it even more than once uh, or twice a week. So we'll we'll explore. We'll explore. Thanks, folks. It's been uh, been a pleasure. We will see you Monday for the main in the game podcast. Anand, good game. Good game, Vlad. Take care. <laughs>